is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Cy has gone off on his Machiavellian fourth right creating world where he's, you know, people with children aren't allowed to exist anymore. So he's putting them all in a corner of the world, apparently. So that's why he's not here. I thought he was doing different sports that he's not good at in a wood. <laughs> if you listen last week, you'll, you'll know about Cy's hatred of, uh, of children and people with children, apparently. So Do you think there's that. some subterfuge there? You think he hasn't gone to centre parks? <sighs> maybe, maybe, maybe. He's um he's very very cagey about that sort of information, but um yeah we are obviously I'm here Dave's here, Gav's here, and we also have a, a special guest with us today, don't we, Gav? You wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, "Man, I wish I was an NFL punter." Punters are people too. We've got a punter. Let me tell you something, people. Punters are people too. And I don't want to see some punting footage. Give me some punting XO. Punting XO. Yes, we have the young future of sports broad, not broadcasting, journalism. Hi, uh, <laughs> Callum Mattox, everybody. Thanks for the great introduction. <laughs> do, you, do you want to explain why we played it? So you're, you're uh, uh, how many seasons have you done? Is it one season? So I've just finished my first season at university. I played as a as a place kicker and punter. Right. So uh, which where does where does your height your uh, heart sit really? Is it kicking or is it punting? Um. I think just because of my build, I'm quite short, so probably it's more in the kicking. Department. Oh, is it? Oh, we've yeah. we built you wrongly. We 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 built oh. you up because this shows connection with punting. We thought we'd, uh, That's fine. we'd I, give you the. I, does, I do enjoy the punting game, so yeah. I, does it does a, a a lack of, I said a lack of but a a shortness of height does that does that allow yeah. you to get a better angle on the kick? Is that the deal or? It's just um, it's it's still I I talked to a kicking coach before and it's basically. It's all about like the leverage and stuff that you get. Like if you if you're longer in your legs, you can get better hang time and better distance on your kicks. Okay. Right. Okay. So, and to tell us a little bit about how you got that job. Did, was there a training camp battle, or did you were you just um, the only gone? When I tried out for the American football team, like they just said, anyone wants to try out for the for kicking duties, punting duties, just come over to the side. Um, for example, like I'm I'm also a play receiver, so I don't really need to go into like the linebacker drills or anything like that. So just said in the drills that you don't think you need to go into, just join join the special teams coach and we'll go over some kicking drills and things like that. So I just we did a few field goals, kickoffs, punts, and it kind of said right. Well, um, I think you're probably the best out of the ones so far. So have you starting um, game one? And taking and taking all the reps in training, so kind of went from there. Nice one, man. Well done. So take take us through your first uh, your first what was it kickoff? I suppose would be your first game experience. How was that? Were you a bit nervous or? Um, I was actually, yeah, because it's also my third. It was also my first game of eleven v eleven football as well. So um, it was at home. It was at home, so I got used to the pitch that we're playing on, which often is a good. Well, it's obviously a good thing. Um, it was against Aberystwyth, and first time kicking, it was it was mainly it was the kickoff. So I was going good distance, decent hang time. Didn't really, I didn't do any touchbacks. I made two out of two PATs, and then some good punts. Landed 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 one at the one yard line, so that was nice confidence booster. 
Nice. You can retire at that point, right? Yeah, I'm hanging uh, on my boots now. Probably, probably felt on top of the world at that point. Nice. And um, did, did you take many knocks? Did you uh, did you miss some? Did you have to come back um, from the hole? I, I had a rough game um, against our rivals, um, which are uh, Edge Hill University. So that was a bit of a rough game. I had a, had a blocked kick and a and an iffy punt. So, yeah. But and you then, came back, yeah. right? You, you've, you've rebuilt your confidence from yeah. the knocks? Yeah, yeah, so um, and like, towards the end of the season, I, I made I improved, took a few hits, made made some ki- tackles on kickoffs as well as so, like Pat McAfee. Like, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so you put you put your head into the fire then. Yeah, um, and then we we went into our playoff game. Unfortunately, we lost that game, but it was towards the end of the sec- towards the end of the first half, and kind of, it was it was we were losing three 0 at that point. And we just we made it into the red zone, and we're like. My coach just called me. I was saying, "Can you kick this?" I think it was about a thirty-eight yard kick. I think it was maybe a little bit shorter. I said, "We have, we've, we've, we haven't kicked a field goal so far. We've only done PATs. Do you feel you can kick this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I feel I can kick this." So, just it was nice, nice to feel that the coach had my back and had the confidence in me to do the job. And I, I made the kick, and um, we leveled the scores at halftime. Nice. Did you get carried off the field or no? No, no, we we unfortunately, <sighs> no. we unfortunately lost the game. Oh, but. shame, shame. Well, last question before we move on. This this is one I find interesting. So it, it's a I don't know a midfield kind of kind of punt. Does is there any any sort of scheme chat from the coach? Is he is he telling you where to put it or anything, or or is it just go out there and just leather it? We we don't really have a true kicking coach. I'll speak. Our specialist coordinator is more in the return side of things. He was a kick returner for the university, so. I kind of it's kind of up to me to decide where or what type of kick I can use or where to place the kick. Usually, because I'm a right foot, I'm usually as a right foot kicker. I'm kind of more. I I don't know why this happens, but I I feel more comfortable kicking to the left corner. I think that's where some of my best punts have come from. So. Or kicking was, across your body almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I've, we had a situation. It was. Man, Man, yeah, Manchester Met. So it was just an opportunity to pin them really deep. I think it was around midfield, maybe, maybe just inside their half, maybe about the forty-five. So we're just like, we need to pin these as deep. Do you want to try and make sure it just pops up and stays at about the five, or do you want to go for like a kicking, kick into the corner? So I went for a more in the corner kick and managed to get about inside men's get about the three-yard line. That were that felt really good. Yeah, so because that, that that's the interesting part of punting, isn't it? When you're sort of midfield and it's not just about leathering it down oh, there, okay. it's actually like playing a golf shot. You're trying to place it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and how 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 sort of confident are you as you go? Sorry. No, it's fine. Go on. I was gonna say, how confident are you as you go up to kind of release the kick that you're actually putting the right amount of power on, or is yeah. it just like a, a sort of feel thing, or how how do you approach it? Well, usually I can kind of when I'm when I'm kicking, I can well when I'm receiving snap, I can kind of see like the shift and where the return is going so I can kind of aim more into the open space better um and it's I use I don't have the biggest leg in the world especially for someone who's not a specialist punter so I can it's kind of I can put the and I know the right amount of power to put on it I'm not going to blow blow the laces off the ball but I feel I can put on a good amount of accuracy as well as power on the kick to get it to where I want it to go Cool, man. 
excited so, for so, next. Oh, go on, Dave. What are you saying? I say so. When, so when you're not pinning things back on the one yard line, you're you're studying sports journalism. Am, am I right in thinking? Yeah, yeah, sports journalism. Yeah, so. So mainly at the moment it's been a lot of writing stuff and we're getting a little bit more into the broadcasting which we'll look to go into more next year so we had a go at tv and radio this year and hopefully more of it next year that's cool man are you going to be playing this as part of your coursework next year i'm not i'm uncomfortable <laughs> about this being played in a university lecture hall yeah, i've got to be honest so a lot of people who are in a lot of people will use like stuff they've done in terms of like podcasts and stuff um as as coursework or even kind of as work experience, so to speak, as just experience that they've had doing like a, a, a regular piece. Right, do you want to give a shout out to your lecturers to get you to get a little, little yeah. grade bump? Yeah. So, shout out to the, to the three main sports journalism lecturers at the University of Central Lancashire, Andy Sykes, Steve Canavan and Jerry Byrne. There you go, guys. Hope you're enjoying it if you are listening to this. All right, cool. So we should we get on with the show? Or, uh, so. Yeah, great. Uh, right, Dave, go on. Introduce us. Where are we going? We're not doing any news. It's not well, it's been a bit yeah, of quiet time, isn't it? There's news, but we don't really want to talk about the news because it's um, it's not. Yeah, it's, if your lecturers are listening, it's not something you want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Although uh, I think we've all discovered what the uh, happy baby pose is this uh, this week. Well, I certainly have. I, if you don't know I, what I'm talking about, you I, might not may not want to Google, but yeah, it is connected to that piece of news I've, that you're referring to. I've not heard about that, but I'm heard this. I'm sure there's certain documentaries and websites that can uh, point in the right direction if you don't know what that is. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about um, well, camps coming up, right? Training camps coming up. We want a, there's a lot of battles. Every, like, like there is every year. There's battles between players for positions, and, and you like to see a bit of competition every year, don't you? But um, yeah, we there's obviously questions we want answered during these uh, these times. There's some questions that I don't think are going to get answered until after after the sort of those preseason games. But you start getting, you know, people rising to the top. The cream starts to rise at that sort of uh, training camp point, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, we're just going to go over a number of questions that we have that we want answered during the preseason. And this was a show we did last year. And I, I uh, with all of our recurring shows, I kind of go back in and see what we did last year. Okay, so this was this was the uh, the training camp questions from 2021. How is Ben and the new OC going to work out? One. How are the cornerbacks going to work out? Two. How are the O line going to work out? And what's the edge depth? Now, I pretty much think you could kind of cut and paste that to you this year. Could. Apart from it's yeah. not the new OC and Ben, it's the OC and the new QB. But yeah. But there's a couple of others, but it is a bit of like if you listen to this show last year, you could basically repeat those same questions, which is slightly disappointing that the questions we had last year have not changed. Like it's not been answered. Well, this is it. It's like that, particularly when it comes to the Matt Canada offense, which feels like a trope at this point. You hmm. know, it's like, like for the last two seasons, we've gone about, oh, we, you know, like you're saying about the questions last year, you know, we're excited to see what the Matt Canada offense is going to be. And it didn't exist last season because Ben couldn't. Or wouldn't do elements of it it just wouldn't work so you, you, got, you got to hope that with this the q particularly the qb situation as it is that it's going to be a little bit more or at least well, if not fully in, in place you know if it's not there at all you're going to start asking questions about whether the matt Canada offense is a mirage it never existed you know yeah i did see that they're um 
they're transitioning. So it's kind of a similar playbook to last year, but the, the terminology, the verbiage is totally different. So it's almost like they, because Ben had been there for 18 years or whatever, they didn't want to make it difficult for him like they did under Todd Haley when he came in and changed everything. Oh. So it's kind of, it was kind of a, a hybrid Frankenstein between the Matt Canada and the Randy Feekner slash Ben Roethlisberger playbook from from whenever so this this is the the first year i think genuinely where we're going to see what uh, matt canada brings and i think it is actually more pressing than the quarterback competition i mean is matt canada a good offensive coordinator we haven't really seen anything to tell us either way i don't think i mean you you were a big proponent of the randy drag factor weren't you dave i mean yeah. do, do, do you think that the the matt canada offense has been an uptick over that or where are you with what well, so scheme? far i can't say it's been a massive upgrade if an upgrade at all it feels like it's about the same i, I just don't... feel like there's 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 more potential and there's more opportunity with the matt kind offense that works it just we just haven't seen it working yet it's, it's still got the handbrake on you know but i don't so, think you can really judge it off of big after ben roethlisberger's limitations that he quite obviously showed last year and in his obviously his last year under Fickner. So I don't think he can really base um, a judgment on his offense so far based on that. I think what you can really judge it on is what he managed to do with Mitch Trubisky and maybe Kenny Pickett. So I think the real, I think the the true judgment here is obviously this year and maybe what he does next year um, if Pickett takes over. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's the most pressing thing, and I don't actually think it's working the new quarterback in. I think that will happen. Uh, naturally through the competitions ahead of us. You know, this, don't forget Mason Rudolph. This, he's 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 the sort of, you know, the, the fullback insurance line, right? I think the real question is, is finding balance between run and pass. That has been a real problem in the last couple of years. I mean, the the, the Steelers have finished overall 21st as an offense. Uh, sorry, fin- uh, finished uh, 15th uh, overall as an offense. But in terms of uh, some of the stats, it's pretty bad. 26th out of the league in touchdowns, 29th in rushing yards, 28th in rushing attempts, 28th in rushing TDs, and 25th in red zone TDs, and but 4th in passing attempts and 6th in completions. It's just uh, totally lopsided towards the pass game. And that was, you know, a, a product of Ben getting the ball out quickly, but also the poor run game blocking, right? So that that has to be, you know, you want a decent balance run pass, right? And that that has to be addressed. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, you're talking about QBs, I mean, like one of the questions I, it's not, not that it's a big question, but like, is Mason Rudolph there just to put some tape out and to 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 sell himself to other teams at this point? What what's the plan with Mason Rudolph? I don't I don't, I don't think that's a plan that's a question that's going to be necessarily answered, but I'd like to know. I'd like to sort of, I, I wonder because like he's got to feel pretty pushed out at this point. Um, rightly or wrongly, um, cause, you know they, they brought Mitch in. And they've spent a you know first round draft pick on on a on what they believe is the next Big Ben. You know, um, is Mason just shopping himself at this point? Is that is that what his camp's going to be about? I mean, I can't see any teams particularly wanting him. Can you? I mean, mm. unless someone wants a, a, a seasoned backup. But that's the the, the 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 what makes him valuable is the fact that he's seasoned in in the Steelers organization. I don't think he's got any value to any any other franchise, has he? No, I can't I can't see it now. I think 
even the really quarterback needy teams. Uh, I think even with the draft and I think I think a lot of teams have got what I potentially like half an answer to it, and I don't think any team will really go after um, Rudolph. I think my first thought was maybe Seattle or maybe the Texans, but I think maybe maybe the Texans want him as a backup to Davis Mills, but I can't see Seattle now going with him. I think they're pretty no not happy. I think they're pretty well. They're pretty decided on take taking the route of Drew Locke and um, Geno Smith. So I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. In Matt Corral as well and Sam Darnold, they seem there too. They seem there too, starting quarterbacks this year. Yeah, it's a good point. I I think Seattle probably is the team that, if they wanted a third guy that was quite similar, he would fit in. Because I think most teams, if they wanted to kind of bring in a quarterback, they'd probably go for a guy that gives you rushing upside, which Mason certainly doesn't. No, he's quite limited. I think I think he's a solid backup. You know, he can come in, knows the playbook, can run run the offense. You know, but he's he's basically. I, I, I'm not even sure at this point whether he's better than Landry Jones, whether he's an upgrade over Landry Jones. I don't know. But um, let's move on from Mason. He, this, he's not. I don't think he's a burning question. Before before we move on though, like what would you rather? So say in those sort of that sort of dead time into games or in whatever. So wait, where you're going to spell him towards the end? Who? Who would you rather see in that in that situation, Pickett or having Mason Rudolph trotted out there? Well, spelling spelling Mitch, you mean? Yeah. I mm. would. It, it, that depends where we are in the season. I think I think if it's a high pressure game, and you have to win it, and it's in the first quarter of the season, you probably would throw in Mason. I think as the season progresses, and it's not maybe not a, a must win situation, then yeah. Throw in Pickett. I, I kind of want to see what we've got in in Pickett. You want to see if he's you know under pressure, if there's if he can handle the pressure, which I'm sure he can. He's he's shown himself to be a guy who's pretty pretty cool. But um, I don't know. I think I'd I think I'd rather see him showing some of that those intangibles, those you know that those sort of high pressure situations, which is an important. You know, it's a big thing. You can't. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to see Mason trotted out to. I don't know, you're not going to learn anything else. I know, and this was this was the frustrating thing about the the some of the points last season. May his soul rest in peace. But I wanted to see Dwayne Haskins come in last yeah. season mm. to see what we had, and they didn't do yeah. it. I think you know sometimes the 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 team, the coaching staff can be a little bit conservative, and I think Mason is that kind of insurance conservative kind of starter. Uh, sorry, come uh, backup, you know, rather than your potential future star. Yeah, sorry, you, you wanted to move away from Mason. Sorry, and I've, uh, I've brought yeah. you, I've dragged you back to the Mason. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, Dave, I can't remember when we, we did the schedule show where you thought the picket point was. I mean, I, I was saying I had him coming in in relief in week 12 and then starting week 13. What, what, what was your picket point? Can you remember? Mine was, I can't remember the exact week, but I remember it being a lot earlier than yours. I think it was like before... Not even before halfway. I can't remember the exact point I said now. I'd have to look at the grab, pull the schedule up. But um, yeah. but yeah, it was a lot earlier than yours was. What What are you thinking, Callum? When do you when when if you had to put money on it? I think I think later on. I think maybe 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 around twelve, maybe a little bit later. But I think I think just let the let the Trubisky train ride out for a little bit. See see if he is different from his Chicago days. Obviously, the schemes are different. Probably a little a little bit more talent. Obviously, you haven't got. Obviously, you've got probably a bit better weapons, but obviously the protection's probably 
similar to what he was in Chicago. But I think let's see what we've got in Mitch and try not to rush the process with Kenny um, as much as we'd probably like to see him early on. Yeah, the, the, the issue I have is that one of one of the negatives on Pickett is that he holds the ball too long. He's not, you know, the game's going to be faster. Plus, he's got, I mean, we'll get onto the O-line in a minute, but he is behind, you know, at best an average tackle group. Don't don't get me started on the tackle rant again. <laughs> but do we really want to throw in your potential, you know, future franchise QB behind a rope-a-dope O-line when he's still learning to adjust to the speed of the game? And in college, he held the ball too long. That just sounds like a recipe to get your guy beat up or, the, you know, the Sam Darnold starting to see ghosts effect, which we don't want to do. You know, you want, you've got to protect this asset. First round quarterback, you know, that's that's draft capital that you don't want to blow. You know, you don't want to be a David Carr. You know, you, you, you don't want to be a Tim Couch. You don't want to be one of these first round guys that you just ruin by putting behind a crummy O-line way too early. So I know loads of people are predicting Pickett coming, you know, starting the season. And, and, and you know, they, Tomlin has said himself, He's the most. He was the most, you know, starter ready. But that doesn't mean he's ready to start. He's they the most that, ready. Said that about Trubisky in 2017. He was right. the most pro ready out of the three first round picks. But yeah. let's, let's. Obviously, Mahomes has lit the league on fire since he's come in. Um, so yeah, not always pro ready means an NFL star. Mm. Already the battle lines have been drawn. Um, Claypool been singing Pickett's praises and DJ's been pinging, uh, singing Mitch's praises. So uh, it seems to be, seems to be, I, there, it does seem to be two camps. We'll see, you know, but I think, you know, think obviously that's the biggest question. Can we say? I think it's more than just putting confidence into both the quarterbacks. Really. I don't think there's, hmm. there's taking sides or anything. I think it's just, they just make, they're just wanting to install confidence in both quarterbacks. Yeah. I think that's just my point of view of it, but, Okay, so a question that hasn't been answered, and it's going to be the biggest, you know, the most burning question until we get started, really, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I, 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 my money's on Mitch definitely starting and holding oh. on to the job until he crumbles. Yeah, same. I think you just, you guys just have more faith in the point at which he crumbles being later than I do. Right. I think he falls okay. apart a bit sooner. <laughs> okay. Right, who wants to go next with the second question here? If that was a one mega question. Yeah, well, yeah, it was sort of one big QB question, wasn't it? I suppose. Right, QB offensive scheme, yeah. 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 Go on, Dave, what have you got next? Um, I'll go with back with um, running back backup depth. Mm. Um, now, I don't, it's, it seems like it's probably outside of the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's probably the biggest question in my mind of who is going to be spelling or backing up Najee. It's just sort of, I don't yeah. think he's, he's he's not a guy who wants to be spelled. He you know he said himself he wants to carry the ball. He wants to be the guy, and he's you know he's enthusiastic about being uh, in, in contact. He he love he enjoys the contact, but but in in this league in this day and age you can't you, it's not worth having a guy even though he's as talented as Najee you can't really have a guy carrying it twenty five times the game. You have to have. No. A plan B, you have to have almost... If you want to be a run-heavy team, you have to have a one-two punch, like what the Saints had in Kamara and Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's just the 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 depth behind him being Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. Who and McFarland's a guy I was high on coming out of the draft, but he's shown zip since. And to be fair, he's not had a lot an awful lot of opportunities, but the opportunities he's had, he's struggled to make any sort of impact on on anything really. Struggling to make it to the line of scrimmage, and Snell. How much do we put? Sorry to interrupt you. How much do we put on McFarlane? How much do we put on the scheme? This seems to be a problem the Steelers have had for a long, long time of getting a change of pace back into the game. They did it with Willie Parker. He was the last guy. I mean, you know, there's probably most of the listeners to this podcast. Let's say the majority probably weren't watching football when Willie Parker was playing. Right? He was like backing up. Betis and was a breakaway speed guy. And you know, when they won that Super Bowl, he was instrumental to that. But since him, there hasn't been like a, a way of getting anyone else kind of manufactured touches, 10 touches a game, whatever, breakaway speed, you know, or, or, or a, you know, kind of scat back, satellite back, whatever you want to call them, you know, hot read out in the flats, Chris Rainey, Dre Archer, all these guys, Wendell Smallwood, never, they, they, they don't ever seem to be able to get the guy into playing. And that seems to be happening yet again with Anthony McFarlane. So I'm not sure if it's all him, but as you said, Dave, when he has had opportunities, it's it's not worked. But is it the scheme? I don't know. That's another question. I, is, I was is, on another podcast at this stage last year, and we were talking about that. I was I was really confident. I, I was I was a bit more confident that he'd improve on his first year because obviously first year fully in a full Canada scheme because obviously. He was his offense coordinator at um, Maryland as well, so I was confident that they could kind of gel a little bit and kind of could kind of build uh, build a bit more around McFarland and build him into the passing game a bit. But obviously, it doesn't seem to have worked. Unfortunately, there's, there's something to be said for, like you say, for the for the scheme and whether it's the O line having some some bearing on his on his success. But like, I mean, I haven't got the stats in front of me of how much he went outside rather than up the middle when he was in college. But a lot of his success, when you look at his sort of highlight reels and his, his sort of um, easy-to-watch tape, I suppose, rather than going tape diving like we like we do during the draft season, a lot of his success is on the outside. And I don't remember an awful lot of him carrying towards the outside. A lot of him was sort of getting him almost doing that Benny Snell sort of role of trying to be the, the thumping back. And it's not him. He's, he's, he's not a... Especially shifty around tackle, he's he's an open he's an open space speed guy, and like I say, you've got you've got to scheme him into that into that sort of position into those situations. So maybe yeah, maybe there is something to be said for the for the the scheme and the way he's being used rather than him himself. Also, a lot to say about the O line as well, because obviously our, we all know our O line is probably not the most talented in the league, and mm. you kind of have to build on what they're good at, which. Arguably, with our O-line, it's just pure downhill blocking. And someone like Najee or a power, like Benny Sal, who is a powerful running back, can probably do that better than an Anthony McFarland, who's much more of the speed guy, like you said. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because Will... That's another question. We'll get onto the O-line in a minute. But does not having Ben, who basically couldn't move for the last couple of years of his career. Having Mitch, who can run and, you know, run, tuck, tuck and run and also throw on the move, and, and Pickett, who we know can, you know, reset the pocket, can throw on the move, bootlegs, naked boots, all that stuff. Do, do, do you think we see a little bit of a transmit, transition 
to a more kind of zone blocking scheme, which could open up, you know, the outside game and the inside game off of it counter for McFarland, you know, that, that that's something that could happen. We, we might be looking at, you know, cause we're so used to seeing, you know, the, the kind of combo duo blocks in, in the, in the Steelers, you know, run blocking scheme. I wonder, I wonder how much that mobility of, of Ben really hampered um, Canada or, or, or cause, cause Canada's been, we know about the jet sweeps and the, and the kind of disguise and pre-snap motion. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. He's moved around. He's done a lot of different things in his time, according to the players he has. So I wonder if he's, you know, if he's thinking this is the way to go here. It could be. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I'd say then outside of McFarland, it's I think that well, probably a step ahead of him at the moment is Benny Snell. He's shown some promise in in the receiving game, right? He's made some. He's shown some sure hands, and not 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 that he's a a shifty guy who's going to make yards after the catch, but he's got. Steady, sure hands. He's made some pretty athletic, acrobatic catches that I remember looking back on. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in his athleticism. Also, he's no. shown. I think he's shown quite a bit on special teams as well, like, yeah. as well as playing on offense. He, he showed he can. He's willing to make do anything for the team, like playing on punt and um, kickoff teams. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that the the problem comes where. As we've just been saying, he's he's supposed to be this stumping power back, and he's struggling to make a yard on that sort of like third and one situations. And how much of that can you put on the O line? I don't know. I think sometimes you've just got to be the guy that wants it more, that overcomes a situation. Um, I don't know. Is it is it between the ears for Benny Snell? Do you, do you know what uh, the over under on uh, Benny Snell's rushing yards were last season? Um, on. Huh. Um, I'm probably around 300, maybe. That would have been a good guess in 2020. In 2021, he had 98 rushing yards on 36 attempts. So he just was not used. He was not in the game at all. Now, I don't know if you saw, and this this might be just, you know, off-season bump, but um, Najee was saying he wants to reduce snap count. Mm. He wants to be not on the field in in, uh, plays that aren't important. To, to hit his skill set. So does that mean what what does that mean? Do we see do we see more Benny Snell in obvious passing down situations where he can just because he's not a bad pass protector, is he? He can just he's get a out there. Pass and, protector. Yeah, pass block. Yeah. Uh, is it short yardage? Is is is, is Benny Snell going to be the hammer? Maybe like maybe just like as a third down back obviously mentioned the pass protection but also mainly improve on his in his short yardage running maybe. Or maybe, or maybe I know he's been working out with the tight ends, but maybe use Connor Hayward in that sort of like hybrid halfback, fullback, tight end role because mm. he did play a bit of halfback when he were at um, Michigan State. So mm. maybe I'd like to think that, but I just don't have any faith that you know. We thought Derek Watt was going to come in and do a bit of that, and we thought yeah. Rosie Nix was going to do that. You know, it's, it's not happened. Are we going to see like a dual fullback situation? Like, that would be that would be a Dra- Dra- Dave Hart fever dream, wouldn't it? That's it. It's, it, it does excite me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, so yeah, I just why didn't they address the position in in the draft? Don't know. They've actually lost running backs, right? Because I mean, they took Matteo Duran and and the other yeah. guy, I forgot his name. Maybe one of those guys will step up. But you know, they've lost they've lost Balage. Not that he did much, but he, he he's kind of showed out in in preseason, right? But. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it feels like the group. Obviously, they've got a you know blue chip starter, but it feels like the group's gone backwards a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's some... for a position that's constant that's been undervalued in today's game as much as it is. So it's always difficult to kind of find find depth or find even useful depth. Like we are trying to. Obviously, you've got your bell cow back, but maybe you don't want to waste his talent. Like kind of like what Giants are kind of seeing with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean the time the time's short for these guys. Mm. Uh, that's the whole positional value yeah. argument. And after only a couple of years, so. Right. Okay, who's next? Callum, you got one. You got a question for us? Um, I would just um. It's whether the defense can step forward. Like obviously, the linebacker core's got quite a lot of problems about it. How much of an impact can Brian Flores have on this defense? Yeah, massive question. I mean, we've got an actual actual defensive coordinator, not not a guy in a hat with a clipboard that's pretending yeah. to be one. And an actual head coach quality defensive yeah. coordinator as well. Right. Do we do we reckon Tomlin was a little bit um, embarrassed by uh, this? It sort of being shown that he was the guy calling the defensive plays but um i don't know you know what i mean like he sort of i've got to get like, an actual guy you know let a dc do it now i don't know i i think there's some solidarity here isn't there because because obviously flora's got his uh his you know discrimination case going on mm-hmm. no one was touching him and you know i think the steelers um, uh, to their credit have always been at the front of these kind of civil justice issues and it feels like if there was any team that was going to say, "Don't worry about that, come with us," it was going to be Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's great, but I think I think they've they've really they've won they've won the situation here. I mean, what a great as as I said, as my my friend seen, Rand was was, was saying, won over the players already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my buddy Rand was saying a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, maybe this is this is the starting of a new move where Tomlin moves up the tree, becomes kind of general manager kind of role, consultant role, director of football, whatever you want to call it, and, and Flores becomes a head coach. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's an interesting theory. It's it's great to see that they've got such a such a great young talent in in. And, and this is this is a unit that really needs to actually improve. I mean it was stats wise, obviously, you know, it's the, it's it was the, the stronger unit last last season and it has been for a while. But it was actually in, in stat terms was the twentieth ranked defense last year. And that was because of the run defense, which was yeah. last overall, letting up run yards allowed. Um, and, and you know, it, it, it wasn't helped by the offense. So hopefully having a better offense will help the defense because they were on the field way too much. I mean, they were 27th in plays faced last year, which is just way too much, you know, and, and that, that's when your, your depth starts to come in when your players are tired. But, you know, let's, let's see how uh, Flores does here. I think this is... This isn't isn't so much of a question as just a positivity. I think I don't know. I, I mean, what other questions are there apart from what what role is he going to have? Yeah, it's great, exciting times. Um, okay, should we move on from Flores, or have you got anything else? Well, we can move on to uh, who is the secondary leader. I mean, obviously it's Minka, but who who is the leader in out of the cornerbacks? You know, because we lost Joe Hayden. Uh, I think at this moment, Akella Witherspoon's kind of well, well, he'll have to settle, step up as the veteran presence in that cornerback unit. Obviously, are you, yeah. are you sure he's the veteran? Well, he's 
he, he, he definitely impressed and he's definitely impressed in, in the system that we have last season, especially towards the back end. He had a few very good games. So I think he can kind of step up to be kind of lead, not really leading as a captain like Joe Hayden did, but kind of leading by example. I hope you're right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm on the Aquilo Witherspoon train. I love to highlight plays. But let, let, let's take a reality check. I mean, he, he only played nine guy, games last year, started three, and has only played 700 stat, snaps over the last two seasons, about 350 a year. Um, so he's not played the last couple of years. Why is that? Why did why if he, if he was so good, if he is is a true, you know, man shut down corner, why did San Francisco let him walk? You know, he came into the league. Really, he, he, arguably, didn't really play a man sort of scheme. Robert Sellers was very zone heavy, and they had very good. They had two, three really good zone corners at the time in Richard Sherman, Mosley, people like that. So. I think kind of it wasn't really a very good scheme fit at the time in San Francisco, so kind of that's my maybe my thinking behind it. Sure, and that's a good point. You look at you look at his PFF grades. He he came out with a bang, but then it's been kind of regression every year down to sort of he was on a sixty-two point six, which is kind of like average bum starter, not bum starters, mean average starter. Um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I've got that wrong way around. That was that was uh, that was uh, Levi Wallace. No, he, he came in uh, came in with a bang in 17, but then he regressed. But then with the Steelers, he's he's been much better uh, in last season. But obviously on those limited snaps. But when you compare him to Levi Wallace, they're on uh, on the same contract, identical contract, two year, eight million with three million guaranteed with an out of one year. Now, I think I think this is a direct competition to to see who is the dog. Because I, 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 don't, I don't recall ever there being this kind of open a, contra, open a contest with players who are, I mean, if you went with draft capital, you'd say Akilo Witherspoon is, you know, he was taken in the third round. Levi Wallace was, was an undrafted free agent. Um, in physical terms, Akilo Witherspoon is more imposing at 6'2", 200 pounds compared to 6'180". Akilo Witherspoon ran a 4.4540, and Levi Wallace won a, uh, ran a 4.6340. So you could say, yes, in terms of physicality, in terms of draft capital, Witherspoon's got it. I mean, I'm just not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not ready to give him that, anoint him as that yet. Just what I've heard from like Buffalo fans as well, they, they were really key. That he, were, he were a decent player for Buffalo, but was what I've heard from Buffalo fans and watching film myself. He's, he's a good hitter, he's very physical, but he can sometimes be lost in coverage a bit, which Witherspoon has shown that he's, of only, obviously only in the short sample size, that he's probably good at, especially in man, but Levi Wallace kind of shown that he can be lost in coverage. But then he has already a very, very good relationship with Minka Fitzpatrick from their days at Alabama. And obviously I think Fitzpatrick is crucial in bringing Wallace to to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So if that's if that's the case, and the Steelers are running a split scheme with with one one guy in man and one guy in zone, does yeah. that mean these two are in direct competition? And Cam Sutton's anointed on the zone side, on the you know on the nickel side, the open the field side. I mean that that concerns me. I, I'd want to see I want to see Sutton inside, and I want to see these two guys on the outside. Yeah, true. Same. 
I think Son is by far better when he's inside um, in the in the nickel slot rather than when he's outside covering the number one or number, even number two guys. He's much better inside when he's kind of got protection on both sides. Yeah, because he's kind of that cerebral guy, right? He's he's, yeah. he's the guy that can read coverages, you know, read read offences like you're saying, but maybe doesn't have the physical tools to do the job on the outside. Yeah, he's very he's he's very quick as shown because he was used to be a return return specialist as well. But obviously, he might not have the same coverage skills as other corners, other out and out outside corners. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's the most open. Apart from the QBs, I think that's the most open competition. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? Did you have you asked one yet, Gav? That was me, wasn't it? The secondary. Oh, okay. Right. Well, um, we'll we'll, we'll stay on the uh, on the descent defensive side of the ball then. Um. Well, I suppose you, you can go anywhere on on that defense. There's uh, there's question marks, but now that Tuit is not uh, around, obviously he's uh, retired after uh, the death, death of his brother and uh, the whole grieving process, etc. Um, there's a a gap in that line at the D end sort of position. Um, obviously we brought in Demarvin Leal, who I don't think any of us are particularly excited about him being picked up from what i remember i don't think i don't remember any of us being like wow we've got diving they are but um there's been talk of him being a bit bigger than his draft weight he's put some timber on when there was questions around whether he's going to bulk up for the steelers um and maybe he has from the sign of it um but do we it's not really a camp question, but do, do we bring someone in? Is Leal going to be the guy that steps in behind in, into to its gap? What's um, depends what's if Alawalu can stay fit as well, because obviously they might. Have, with um, oh, what was the name of the guy we brought in from New England who played de- decent at nose tackle? So that could be quite a competition there to have that mm-hmm. big clogger in the middle between Alawalu and. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marvel, where I can't remember, but the guy who we brought in, Marvin Leal, yeah, yeah. So I think also the there's a lot of options for interior D line, along with obviously the main man, um, Cam Hayward. Yeah, you're talking about Montrevious Adams, is that? Yes, Montrevious. Oh, Adams. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. I'd say I'd say Adams probably has the jump and. Uh, Layout's more the kind of uh, outside the four tech, three tech, yeah. five tech yeah, guy. Four, I think. Five tech, yeah. It's more that D end in the three four. Yeah, so. I mean the interesting thing about Liao is that he he was a you know he was an edge rusher in college, so he's got got some pass rush moves. You wouldn't want him playing as your main edge rusher, but the fact you know in sub yeah. package he can he can bring a bit of pressure hopefully, and I th- hopefully that's how they're going to use him. Um, but we shall see. I mean, um, I, I, we were all down on him, Dave. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, now he's a stealer. We've got to get behind him. But yeah, I wasn't yeah. excited by that pick. Which leads on to the next one, which was um, edge depth, right? This has got to be a massive question. Oh, massive. Yeah. I, I, I can't see any reliable number twos behind, behind obviously, the main two. Um outside pass rushers we've got i mean two's our skippers next man up is it who who yeah. who, who is the next man up after the next after man? highsmith yeah. yeah i mean that's pretty scary 
you know, he was. I mean, that, that, go on. Sorry, what were you going to say, Cal? Just if one of those goes down, I'm quite worried for our defense because obviously a lot of our main production for, um, in terms of pass rush comes from those outside backers, especially especially for TJ. Yeah, and it, it, I was so surprised they didn't truly address this in the draft. And I, I, I'm I'm putting my money on the fact that similarly to last year when they brought in Melvin Ingram, that they, they'll bring someone else in either mm. before camp or on on cut down day. I don't know who though, man. Who? who? Like, unless unless someone you know falls into the lap of someone being being let out or released or whatever. I mean, what? what let out. Marsh let, out there? Let, let out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily, necessarily someone imprisoned, but it's like you know someone that's scouting prison teams in case there's a decent edge rusher. Yeah, but uh, but no, it's like. like Cassius Marsh is probably start out there, and he's burnt his bridges pretty well after. Um, what was, I can, what was I it? can I can hear Rich's like the hairs on the back of Rich's neck wherever he is doing. He's working on some Hollywood movie right now. For some reason, he some he would have like got a shiver, and that's because you mentioned Cassius Marsh on the podcast. <laughs> Cassius Marsh probably somewhere saying Pokemon cards right now, right? But right. it's just uh, yeah, he burnt his bridges pretty well. Didn't he like have to do some gesturing towards the sideline? I think it was mm. debatable. I don't think there were much in it what he did in that Chicago game, but yeah. But no, no, there's. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'd be surprised, unfortunately, if someone gets picked up that's of any good standard. You know, you're not going to well, see. Well, there are there are some names out there. I'll give you. You know, there's. We we we've 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 gone over this before, so I'm not going to do it too long. But in terms of outside linebackers that could come in, Anthony Barr, AJ Klein, KJ Wright, although he's maybe more of a dropper, Malcolm Smith. You know, there's there's some people out there. Pernell McPhee. Well, you... well, a lot of those guys are four three backers rather than pure edge rushers. Like obviously Anthony Barr was drafted as a yeah linebacker edge rusher, but he has over time become more of a four three linebacker than a three four. So True. That's but, well, there isn't that many three, no, four outside. There isn't. There's, the there's hardly anyone. I mean, there, there, you know, there's a, there's a few edge rushers that are sort of more DNs. But I think in the Steelers system, if if you're going to go with one of these guys, you're going to go with one of those more sort of linebackery types and try and convert them. I think. And I think Anthony Barr is the top of that list, right? Oh yeah, he'd be he'd be top of my list for sure. He's uh, probably my, one of my highly rated linebackers. Yeah, I mean, Tack McKinley, okay. he's out there. Give him a shot. Ryan Kerrigan, there was some interest in him before, but I mean, he's like so old. Justin Houston. Yeah. There's, there's names out there that you could try. I, I think after what happened in KC, I think Justin Houston only really purely interested in playing as a the end in a 4-3 race. Because yeah. he said he just wants to pass rush. He don't want to drop into coverage anymore. Yeah, which is why you'd go for one of those sort of more traditional outside linebackers. But if yeah, unless you want just a situational rusher, um, yeah, you know, you could do. But that that's more kind of like when you've got that's more of a luxury position rather than a backup. So exactly. That's why, yeah, why I think you could end up getting a a KJ Wright who could just hold down the outside spot and you know just give a little bit of pressure. But I don't know, it's tricky. It's, this, this is this is the uh, the issue with running a sort of three, four outside linebacker scheme. There's just not as many players available. 
No. no, it's harder to scout. It's hard to find them. You have to convert people if if they're not already played in the system. It's kind of a projection, it makes it harder. It's, you know, it's one of those positions where it's like a tweener. You're not, you're not big enough to be a D end, and you're not exactly fluid, or you haven't got the coverage skills enough to be a linebacker. So you kind of get it's kind of like fitting a square peg into a round hole. Exactly. Playing as exactly a or Russia. So you're trying to let the advantage of the scheme win out rather than the individual traits, and then you're trying to convert someone. Yeah, it's it's tricky. So that, if that seems to be every time the Steelers need an edge rusher, it becomes this problem, and it's happened many times before, and you end up drafting, reaching for a guy like Jarvis Jones, it's an absolute disaster. But let's move on because the depth is a worry. But hopefully they'll find someone. They'll they'll work. You know, but it, it, you know, as as a as a kind of fan watching you know for free agents you, your name you, you're always drawn to the names whereas your Steelers do their due diligence and usually find someone that you've never heard of and turns out to be good so hopefully they'll do that yeah um I, my, my last question is not going to surprise anyone when I say tackles WTF <laughs> <laughs> I mean talk me around Callum you, you know who, who, who is the like the next best tackle outside of the the sort of bookends uh, that we've got at we the have, moment? We have Chucks and Dan Moore. There isn't really many options that we have. Obviously, we have we we invested quite heavily, obviously in the interior line, centre and guards. So I think it is, it is quite glaring is our problem at the um, at left and right tackle. So it's quite a reasonable question. A question without an answer. I mean, <laughs> I, I I can understand taking Pickett this year. All right, you want you, you know that's the more pressing need. But last year, I, I was all about taking a tackle. Then what 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 were you, where were you were you were you on the Najee train? Or? I wasn't on the Najee train. I'll admit I was firmly on the tackle train. I was I was really high on Darisot. I, I knew he wasn't going to drop to us, but I was shocked when he fell because we obviously picked at we picked Najee at twenty four. I was very shocked when Darisaw fell to the Vikings at 23. I was yeah. maybe a bit of a hint. I was maybe thinking, oh, maybe we could get him, but obviously it didn't work out. Um, but I feel like tackle should have been a, a, either, if not first, it should have been the second round pick. Obviously, the pick for Pat, obviously that's really turned out. But I think tackle probably would have been a more glaring need at that point. Yeah, I mean, not going back into the tackle ramp, but it's a big but. Uh, what they say, everything before a but is meaningless. Um, however, you know, you, you look at the sort of the the best rated tackles in the league. They've all got first round draft stock. You're not you're not getting you know most of the tackles are in you know come from that area in the draft. So so not taking a guy and you know when when they knew that they were going to have to invest in you know a quarterback when Ben retired seemed short sighted to me. But what do I know? Well, I think it showed earlier on. It showed in this year's draft how valuable that tackle position can be. I, like I, I myself had Jacksonville taking Evan Neal first. I thought he was going to be the first tackle off the board, probably going to Jacksonville. So it was a shock to me that he fell to seven and he wasn't the first tackle selected. So I think obviously this year has shown that the tackle position can be of the utmost importance, and teams are willing to pass on a risk at quarterback to to shore up an O-line if they have that need. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, 
don't get me started. Please, please don't get me started. Dave, what do you think? Come on, give me some give me some reason to hope here why why I should be excited about the tackles. I, I can't give you anything, man. <laughs> so I'm kinda with you. I'm 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 worried about it. It's probably outside of um sort of corner situation, the, the tackle situation is probably the biggest the biggest concern just because of I mean, I, I don't know, maybe another year of you know, another off season of gelling with and I mean the line as a whole, um uh, working together has has helped. Um, I mean, they've added the centre, whose name's gone out of my head. Cole, um, Mason Cole. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming, I mean, that, that was, that, that was uh, another question I sort of had is what's going to happen with Kendrick Green? Is he going to be moved to to, um, to guard? Is, is, or is he going to be in the centre battle still? Um, you know, it, maybe the tackles become a bit less of an issue because the line as a whole has gelled more. Has it gelled? I mean, you want consistency. There's well, no consistent. Yeah, new centre, new guard, guard we've returning four, from injury. In the interior, we've got four options for three positions. Like we've got Cole, we've got Green, we've got Daniels, and we've got um, Dotson as well. So it, it's fitting which three fit together in the interior as alongside the two, obviously, the only options for the tackle positions. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of one rolled up ankle away from Joe Haig being your starter. Uh, oh, I don't know. You, you were pretty, ex- honestly, high on Joe Haig, but you were all right with him last season. And the glue man. He did. The yeah, they did impress me, but I, I'd be more happy with them being the sort of third tackles rather than yeah. next man up swing tackle slash tackle eligible. What's happened to Zach Banner? He's, where's he? <laughs> I think he got released. I think. I think. He, I know. Is he signed? I'm just looking up now. I don't think so. I think. I think he's. He were a free agent this year, and I don't think they've re-signed him. He's uh, right now, as we speak, sunning himself in the Maui sun with the uh, massive contract he got for like three snaps with the Steelers. <laughs> uh, yeah, currently unsigned. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Bizarre, right? I'm pretty. I'm pretty much out of questions. I think they're the most pressing questions. So, has anyone else got any got any others, or are we done here? Um, I had I had like one other sort of low level question. Um, is is Claypool gonna actually do what he says he's gonna do and assume that leadership role that's um in for that wide receiver room? And is he gonna become more versatile? Like you keep saying that he, well, the team want out of him and he wants out of himself because he's you know. I mean, Sai was all over him last season about being a guy who made difficult catches look easy and hard catches. What was, what, what was it he said? I'm confusing mm. myself. Yeah, he, he made basically, easy catches look impossible. Yeah, he yeah. Made some very good contested catches, but he also, he, 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 a lot of times he was open and he just dropped the catch. But also, there was lapses of judgment as well, like we saw in the Vikings game, which that is also a big point of his game to try and gow of him yeah yeah I, I think what, what, what was the point he turns like catches where he's wide open into contested catches yeah somehow pretty much there's always like loads of pictures of him sort of almost laying out for a catch that he could probably just like stick his hands up and it'd just stick yeah. to his hands you know mm. but um but yeah the, i think the bit the, the bigger thing it's like, i don't know they're probably equal in my mind it's like is he going to be a leader because the the big reason i wanted Juju back, other than being a, a physically dominant, big-bodied receiver who I really loved. Um, 
and still do, even though he's not a Steeler anymore, um, was that leadership that he had. He had a, a an air about him, and a, he, despite his young age, right, he was a young young guy, but he had a, a natural air about him of being a leader, and he assumed that really well. I don't see Claypool doing that. I don't think Claypool's that kind of guy. He still he still strikes me as quite immature. And I'm not 100% convinced he's going to assume that leadership role. I mean, I hope he does, but is he going to? Mm. I think I think the I think camp is a time to start showing that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Rich has been on Claypool's case from day one. He didn't he didn't like some of the stuff he was seeing on the sideline. However, I'm I'm going to give uh, Claypool a chance this year because, like you say, it was it was immaturity some of it. So you know, what's what's the cure of immaturity is maturity, and that happens with time. And he's had a bit of time. And he has, you know, he would have he would have noticed the, the reaction to, you know, he came in as a kind of tight end hybrid guy with some excitement, came in with some hype. Maybe that went to his head a little bit, you know, and now, he, you know, he's seen some of the criticism. So sometimes, you know, like what we we're talking about earlier with you, Callum, you know, you need to miss a few kicks to then, you know, you need to come back from that. So this, yeah. this is his, his opportunity to come back. Yeah. I, I agree, but also we've, I, I, we're quite blessed that we've got, we got we did get some good weapons. Like obviously, we've got Deontay Johnson, who I think is just maturing into a, a stud receiver as we speak. Obviously, the contract situation probably needs to be sorted out sooner rather than later. But then we got Pickens, and probably one of my favourite picks is um, Calvin Austin, who just looks like he can burn anyone, especially mm-hmm. if he's playing in the slot. Yeah, I, I don't see DJ being a leader though, especially. I don't think he's no, no. A, a vocal enough yeah. kind of guy. And I can see why DJ's been singing Mitch's uh, praises because DJ had such a rapport with Ben, and that was partly due to the quick release. You know, it was the quick get out and let, you know put the ball into DJ's hands and let him do the work, and that's why yeah. he saw you know ten targets a game. I don't think he's going to have that with Pickett. He's you know Pickett's a guy that likes to see the field, hold the ball, move a bit you know step up in the pocket and you know sling a sling a fastball that's not going to suit dj's game he yeah, yeah we know dj's got slightly questionable hands is he going to be is is that going to work with 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 the velocity on pickett's release um i'm not sure you know i, I can see claypool having a bit more success i can see pickings having a bit more success with pickett um so you know will we see the dj you know He's in a contract year. He'll start well with Mitch, and then will it tail off a little bit? And then that could actually work out in the Steelers' favour. I don't know, but that that I guess I guess that is a good question. And, and you know, who is the leader in that group? It should be DJ. Will it be DJ? I guess you know, will Claypool step up? Well, I think with, I think with DJ as well. Like he only the, he had a very good. I, I don't think he dropped a pass in the regular season. He may have dropped one or two. But the only, I think the drops only were in the playoffs, especially towards the end of the game. And yeah. I think that might be just pressure, maybe experience of not being in a playoff game before. So I think I can kind of, no excuse, obviously, because there were some catches you should have made. Um, but I can kind of not think of it as serious as if it was during the regular season because it was his first playoff game and in a pressure cooker like he was in at the time yeah. yeah I mean and, and you know these guys aren't Randy Moss right you know he, DJ's exceptional at separation and you know when he's got the ball in his hands not so good at the catch point you know that's just not his yeah not his area of excellence so you know you can you can you can get on him for the drops but he's getting targeted so much because he's always open so 
what would you rather? Would you rather a guy that's never open but has got great hands, a.k.a. James Washington? Or would you rather a guy that's always open and sometimes he's going to drop a few? Give me the guy that's open because at least he's open. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've we've said for a while that the issue of DJ is between his ears, right? It's concentration, maybe is like like uh, Kel's saying, like maybe it's a bit of bit of pressure uh, creeping in. But I don't know. I'd I'd hope by now that the the pressure is becoming less of a factor. And I'd I'd hope that if you can't concentrate at this point after probably getting a bit of a kick in from your coaches and your teammates for concentration drops. That that's should be going away, and it did. That to be fair, last last season it did go away from a lot for a, the longest uh, long stretch. But I know concentration. It's. I mean, he, he can catch tennis balls all he wants, but he's still got to concentrate in those moments. You know, it's it's. It comes down to the, the grey matter between his ears. Yeah. True. And while we're we're on the the receiver group. Um, I guess I guess another question is who is really going to be the the slot receiver because I mean that was a role you know Juju played well um, yeah. I guess I guess at the moment if you look at the depth chart it's Pickens but I don't think that's guaranteed and in fact I think oh, Pickens really is a slot receiver though he's probably no exactly I'd I'd put him on the outside he's a, yeah, he's a dominant physical guy I don't I don't know why he's on the depth chart slot um, but then again Juju was one exactly he's stereotypical slot receiver he was very big well very big for a slot receiver yeah physical yeah and then and then in, in the um the the number two slot uh guy they've got calvin austin where i don't know let's not forget they've got anthony miller and they've got miles boykin i think i'd put both of those in the slot ahead of pickings i'd rather have pickings in I'd, the number I'd, two outside i'd say i'd say put miller in because of his connection with trubisky from days in chicago yeah i think i think the the Miller thing could 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 come could come good here, and then if you look at the third depth uh, sort of slot, you've got Cody White who's who's done some good things. Stephen Sims, who we've not really seen, but is is a definitely a physical specimen and could could play out of the slot. And then Gunnar Gunnar Oslevski, you know, maybe more of a return guy. Yeah, he was just brought in for special teams because I think just I yeah. think that was just his role on the team. So it does seem like there's there's a there's a whole like platoon of dudes you know that could play in the slot. So I guess I guess this is another question: who is going to cement that sort of starting slot role? Um, yeah. Do we do we, th- do we think it's Miller? Is that what you're saying, Cal? You think Miller's got the? That, that's who I, that's who I'd want it to be. Not sure it'll happen, but I think that's who I'd want it to be. All right. And maybe maybe we see some four wide. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, maybe see Prime of splitting the slot a bit. But. Yeah. Yeah, exciting. Looking forward to for preseason for all these questions to be answered and more. Uh, any any other questions, Dave? You got any more? Is that it? You out? Uh, I think that's that's me all done for questions. Cal TCQs. I'm I'm all right now. No questions from me. Okay, there we are. Just, just that small list of about ten questions that need to be answered. So we'll, we'll come back to those. But uh, thanks, Cal. It's good. Right, where are we going next, Dave? Have you got anything else for us, or should we? Uh... I've got a little bit of something. It's not, nothing, uh, nothing major, but we can go there if you like. Do you want to go to the corner? Sure. Why not? Four large donuts, kid. Everything on them. You want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. So, welcome to the kebab corner. Um, You've not been here before, Cal. It's uh, enjoying the queue at the back. You just uh, it's like one of those sort of old-fashioned 
takeaway shops that you get at a late night. I'm sure being a student, you're very aware of these kind of places. Yeah. Frequenting I think, it. I think every other shop at every other place in the high street unit is either it's either a pub, it's a kebab shop, or it's a barber's. So I'm pretty used to them. <laughs> It seems like it, I don't know, don't know about you, but like my where I live is full of either coffee shops or barbers. Like, every, like how many barber shops do you need? Oh, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of barbers that are in Preston, especially near my accommodation. It's ridiculous. It's anyway. Betting shops, my way. Betting shops, but anyway, let's go. That that says uh, I'm sure that's a pretty uh, pretty tough going on you and it, Gav, having all those betting shops around you. A bit of a like like a I'm, uh, not, I'm not interested in gambling. I'm I'm a digital better. I like to bet. Um, Ah, you don't you don't go in there with the old boys. I don't go in. There. I used to, mm-hmm. used to, used to go on and you know with your blue pen and put on a couple of quid. But uh, no, now it's all on my phone. So oh, see you later. I don't, I don't know why people. Why does anyone go into a betting shop unless it's to like you know have a bit of a sense of community or whatever? I can get that, but it's a social thing for the old boys, isn't it? You always see them in there with their sandwiches and the flask of coffee, sat there watching every race going and having a flutter all day just because they don't want to be at home with their missus. <laughs> Um, so since uh, since Sai, I was I was I wanted to lay into Sai for his uh, terrible takes on on parents and people with uh, with children. Shocking um, takes. Awful. Like I wasn't joking. At the start of the show, I said he's he's probably making some sort of Machiavellian camp for all of us to all go into because he wants us away from him. Um, yeah, I, I I can't get on board with anything he said. I think it was uh, and and. You know, he, he waited for the the week when another parent was off mm, so to couldn't get, yeah. not I, defend I, the case. You know, I just wanted to play this on loop. But will you stop talking? <laughs> yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, you, you waited till I was off to talk serial killers, which is one of my. I, I, it feels we're saying it's one of my loves, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's something that I have a, an, an interest in. Uh, a heavy interest in. I watch a lot of documentaries on serial killers, trying to get in their minds and what have you. Apologies um, for that. That was probably my fault. But then yeah, you, were, you, you, you know, you, you were laid up with sciatica, so it, you know, blame blame your nerves. Don't blame yeah. me. Well, it, it was that, and I was also uh, that I was going to talk about was I was uh, I was camping. I was away camping in uh, uh, yeah. in Northumberland. On is it is it still classed as Northumbria, or is that like a Middle Ages thing? Isn't that um, between when you get between Northumberland and Cumbria? It might be in the kind of grey zone. Might be. It, it, it was a kingdom back in like the medieval ages, but anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, yeah, it's beautiful up there. If if you're from Northumberland, Northumbria, you you live in a beautiful part of the world, man. It's rains absolutely. a lot though. Oh, it I, rains. I've it been, rains. Been a few times. It is a lovely part. Of, it is a lovely part of the country. Yeah, it's beautiful. Be- beautiful people too. Everyone's super friendly yeah. and fantastic. It's awesome. But, there. Believe it or not, my brother-in-law lives up there, and I have been to the Cumbria County Fair. So imagine me, you know, with my accent walking around talking about, you know, oh, that's a nice sheep. Whatever, it happened. <laughs> I'm sure you blended in perfectly. Oh, yeah, completely <laughs> undetected. No one will ever know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I love going camping. It's um I'd I'd go more if if I could. Um, are you guys are you guys campers? Are you, are you not? Um, I I was part of like scouts and things like that when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I, and I did do Edinburgh, but not anymore really. That's the biggest humble brag I've ever heard. Wait, so what you <laughs> so what you can you can like wick, whittle stuff and build a bivouac and hardly. I, I, I got up to Cubs and that were it. I got kicked off Duke of Edinburgh. Oh no, Duke, 
yeah, Duke of Edinburgh, I got up to my bronze award and then just kind of lost interest in it when I went when I left um, secondary school. Yeah, we we failed because we um we hitchhiked. We managed to like get a, a guy to give us a lift, and he he overshot where we we were like tapping on the roof for him to drop us off, but he overshot and basically dropped us off right in front of the what do you call it examiner instructor? I don't yeah. know the person that was there expecting us to walk up with our backpacks saw us like thanking a dude and climbing out the back of his truck so we failed and yeah that was so the end of that what's we, the duke of edinburgh is, is it like a, a a separate thing from scouts it, what, what's uh, it? So, so duke of edinburgh was basically well for us it was it was kind of run through school so it was with school it was with um other people in our year at school um, and okay. so basically we did two we did two expeditions one we got lost on and we ended up coming back about about an hour or two, about an hour late than what we were supposed to but then the second one we got there early so it was different Duke of Edinburgh for me was in skills yeah it was like you get you get issued a backpack and a compass and a map and they say right okay meet everyone else you got you got issued bags we had to buy them ourselves Oh, no, we didn't buy them. We got issued them, yeah. <laughs> I did mine in the late 90s. Maybe things have changed. Well, they were like, okay. My mum my my got me it from one of her friends. Oh, thanks, Mrs. Mattox. They said to us, get get to this point. So we we're like, okay, we'll get there, no problem. So uh, we arranged for one of the guys that wasn't in Duke of Edinburgh to, to turn up in his car with a load of beer. And um, we that's what we did. So that was great. I enjoyed that aspect. But then, yeah, the second day, we didn't really want to do any hiking, which is why we ended up doing the, the hitchhiking, which then got us failed. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my idea of camping isn't necessarily... I mean, as much as I love being outdoors, um, and my, my job helps that, but um, my, idea, my idea of camping is, like, chilling out with a beer, having a barbecue being around some facilities I don't, I don't really want to be in a, a muddy field and like that sounds to me like um you need to live on the river how do uh, how do you mean um you know that people that live in canal barges oh uh, yeah oh i see it, yeah exactly that lifestyle basically you live on your boat and you kind of like rock up and down the canal and then you, you might moor up and then everyone gets off their barge and goes into the woods and has a, a fire and a rave up and sits around a fire and then mm-hmm. but then you don't sleep in a tent you get back on your boat and then you sail off the next day it's great i like that idea i like that idea. i mean it's we've we've talked i mean retirement might not be that far away from me if my back carries on the way it is but we've talked about sort of like buying an rv and going traveling when we retire but that's a last that's a long way off but um but yeah um retirement it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it want to be uh living on a, on a river necessarily i don't think that's sort of the most comfortable lifestyle for me i think i get cold and uh, a bit miserable. It's quite cozy on a canal barge, man. Have you not been on one? I've, I've been on one as a kid, and I've I've known people who've owned them and said how good they are. But it's it's expensive as well. It's it's like it's it like buying a house yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, more it's in fees cheap, add yeah. up as well. Yeah, you know the the the, the kid thing that I was uh, going to get onto. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into you know kids say the darndest things, but like sometimes kids kids bring you an awful lot of joy, right? And I'm trying to I'm trying to entirely counteract size entire negativity in the last show, but um, you know they they bring you a lot of a lot of joy and happiness, and uh, they put you in really awkward situations um, that you look back on and, and laugh. Um, like for example, while we were away, my, my my son likes to put 
like having his own name for something that everyone else calls something else. Um, so, but he usually puts IE on the end, so it makes a something E at the end. And uh, you know those, you know how well you know how dandelions work, right? Where they have uh, the yellow flower and they turn into those little puffball seed heads that you you blow on. And uh, whilst we were out in the uh, in the campsite, he found one and started started blowing it, and it was the seeds were going everywhere. Great, and uh, he decided that's a good time to start calling them blowies. Um, and he just mm. goes, I love blowies. <laughs> and there's several other people around me at this point. And a few of them look at me like, sure, like they kind of, I guess a couple of them sort of know what he, what he means. But the, the serious temptation, because my first instinct is generally the joke. And it's not appropriate on a five-year-old to sort of start making lewd jokes. I want you to just sort of go, yeah, me too. And, um, and just, you know. I, I don't know. They, they put you in those situations, and they force you out of your comfort zone. And uh, for for all the the bad stuff that surrounds kids and the it's it, it, not bad stuff. It's sort of stressful stuff, you know. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that happens and fun stuff, and that that's one of them. That was my most recent one. I've got a happy memory of my daughter saying that uh, saying to me when she was six, "You're a poo head, and you smell of wee wee holes." I'll never forget that. Yeah, sweet little phrase. Yeah, it's just it's just it's those little moments in it, right? You know. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure that Evan can be inside to to procreate, and I'm not entirely sure he should from the sound of his of his goings on in his life. Do we need more Win Stanleys in the gene pool. I'm not sure. No, probably not. Probably not. Although uh, McDonald's might be uh, might be pleased with having an extra Win Stanley. Yeah, genetic disposition to uh, Big Macs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to make a make a counterpoint to to size uh, hatred of, of children. Yeah, I, I I I I would I would say the majority of the listeners are with 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 us, Dave, with us, not with Sai. I don't I know. Twitter, I think he's on an island. I don't know. Twitter seems to be on his side a little bit. I saw a few uh, a few listeners, regular listeners, siding with Sai a little bit, and I, I, I was concerned. Play on Sai's side. side. <laughs> I've, so, I've, I just um, when we were watching things like Britain's Got Talent, he always moans when like the kid acts come on. I know that for sure. So I'm guessing he'd be on Sai's side. Mm, yeah. Uh, if if you if you're on uh, if you're on Sai's side, then I don't know. Maybe do we need to get a? Is, do we need to make a poll of this? Uh, are you Team Sai in child hatred or or not? I don't, I don't think we need to boost up the child hatred. I think we should just let it <laughs> let it die. You know. Twitter, Twitter being on the side of uh, lonely, lonely non-parenthood, I, you know, I, I can believe that. I, I, I get that some people aren't fans of kids and don't want to have kids, and I, I'm entirely with your decision. You know, um, if not, not everyone's suited to it, and for the longest time, I didn't think I was suited to it. But when you're you're thrust into that situation, you you know, it's the whole sink or swim thing, isn't it? You you know, you do or die, and you know, you, you you come round to to love it in the end. But um, I, I think some people, I, I think the lights of Sai probably aren't intended for that kind of destiny. That kind of are, you, are you are you coming back to us from from the uh, the number two second child, or are you still in the depths of nappies and broken sleep? You, you must be settling down a bit now. Oh yeah, it's um, it, it, there's natural natural ups and downs to uh, sleeping patterns and 
and what have you. But uh, but now everything's uh, pretty much settled down. I thought you were playing. I'll be playing in the third then. No, hell no, <laughs> no. I know Actually, I've fallen into the pitfall of remembering your firstborn's name but forgetting your second, which everyone does, and it's 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 a, a sad state of affairs. So p- please remind me of your uh, second child's name. Eva, 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 Eva. That's right. Yeah. So, so how old is Eva now? She is seven months, I think. Okay. I'm, t- I'm terrible when it comes to months. I feel I'm less bad about forgetting her name when you forgot her age, so that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when it comes to years, I'm great. But when it, some people like counting like days or the, this many weeks and days, and I, I can never keep track of that. I can't keep track of my own like when I'm going to have a, a haircut next. I'm 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 way off. Like I, I look in the mirror and go, "Wow, I need to go to the barbers." I'm, I'm I can't track these things. So well, you're lucky uh, that you've got so many barbers, so that's not a problem. Yeah, sport yeah, for choice. True. Yeah, well, I, I, I genuinely thought there's a pregnant woman at work and, and mm. someone had must have spilt some water or something because there was water all over the floor. I genuinely thought her, her, her waters had broke. <laughs> and I was like, your waters are gone. You're gone. You're gone. They're gone. And she was like, no, no, I think that was it. Yeah. As long as she was Fine. actually pregnant and you've not just like gone up to someone of a, of a more rotund size. No, 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 no. Your she's, water broke, love. She's got that. She's doing that duck walk, you know, where like her legs yeah. are pointing inwards because her pelvis is spreading. Yeah, she's definitely pregnant. 100%. I see. Yeah, well, I've I've been doing that walk a little bit with my uh, with my sciatica and bad back. I've uh, and I'm I'm not saying if any female listeners. I'm not saying I feel your pain, but um, it's pretty close. It was uh, probably the most pain I've ever been in. It's, uh, wow, you're 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 equating sciatica to childbirth. <laughs> well, well, it was it's it's pretty bad. I'm on painkillers to stop it, and I'm pretty sure you know. Most, you know, a lot of women have uh, what, what they call those spinal blocks, um, epidurals. epidurals, and mm. gas and air. I, I was tempted to call up some gas and air from a local hospital. That, that, that gas and air, did, it did, does nothing except make you intensely paranoid, or at least it did me anyway. Um, mm. But maybe that's about me. Is that not flashbacks to your raving days that uh, it's causing? Is it- Possibly. I don't know. I took a massive hit on it, and then about twelve junior doctors came in on inspection, and I think they were more interested at why there was like this weird zoning out guy in the corner rather than my missus who was screaming with pain. But I'm surely I've gone into before, like the. Uh, Didn't you the... bring beer into the delivery room? Wasn't I that? did. Yeah, I yeah I was I was drunk. Yeah, during during uh, in the build up, but I, I I was more frightened by the. Have I already like we, we got we we've talked about this already because I've already I've, if you know that then I've already gone in because I've gone into my my repertoire of birth stories. But the sounds coming from the natural birthing wing. I mean, yeah. if you want if you, if you if you're you know like a you're short of cash but you're making a horror film and you need some screams <laughs> like to sound like someone's being murdered by a werewolf then just, just go up to the natural birthing wing and just hang out there because you will hear some sounds that you will never think you'll hear. I mean, Oof. it is terrifying. I'm not joking. Honestly, you hear the screams coming up. What is... Someone's being killed up there. No, it's a woman giving birth without drugs because someone's convinced her that's the right thing to do. When we have drugs available... I don't know. This a cult. Anyway, Callum, you've got all this to look forward to. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Should we, should we draw this all to a close? So we, can we, should we tie this in a bow, or is there, is there anything else? No, I, think, I think I think let's, let's, let's start the bow. That. Well, thanks, okay. Callum. Thanks for joining yeah, us, man. very much for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Have you got anything you want to want to plug while, you, while you're on here? Uh, no, I think I've plugged everything that I want, sir. Um, just, uh, just thank you for having me. Thank you for, yeah, so I'll when this is out, I'll, I'll spread it on my channels and things like that, so... Yeah. Awesome. No, cool, man. And good luck. Good luck with your. Are you playing again next year? 
Yeah, Any played bet? again next year, so second second season with the Rams, so that'll be good. Shout so who should we who should we support? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Shout out to the UCLan Rams and all my teammates. UCLan Rams. What is it? The University of Central Lancashire, is it? Yeah, yeah. University of Central Lancashire. So yeah. Nailed it. Awesome. All right. What's is what's the nickname? The Rams. Yeah, the Rams. What what uh you're a blue blue uniform, is that right? Yeah, um light blue and yeah, light blue and navy. It used to be red and black, but like the colours of the university changed to being blue. So yeah, every one of the sports teams changed colours. Is there a division there? Are you in? Uh, yeah, so we're in Division Two. Um, we're in the Division Two North. Right. So anyone in the sort of what is it, Preston, Preston area? Yeah, Preston area, like just Central Lancashire area. Anyone fancy coming down next season to the UConn Sports Arena? To watch a bit of to watch a bit of American football, come watch the UConn Rams and some nice. high class punting, of course, and yeah. high class kicking. Yeah. So you can yeah. follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. You can follow Gav at GM Boom Up and my good self at This Is Dave Hart. Have you got a, a Twitter handle, Callum? Yeah. Or... my Twitter handle is Callum RM zero six. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you all next week. I'm sure. See you later. Thank you very much, guys. Go Steelers, go Steelers. and go yes. UConn Rams. Go Rams. Yeah. <laughs>